0: Welcome to the Court Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Zara Agus, also known as the Haughty Magistrate. And this week we have a special guest host, Arash of Gahi. So uh, speaking of top tier competitive events, I know we got uh, two big events coming up. Um, I know it's not for some time here in the US. The first one that's coming up is going to be Adepticon. That's gonna be in Schaumburg, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. That's going to be, uh, we did get word that this is going to be another Friday, Saturday, Kote. Uh, So it's going to be on the 27th and the 28th of March. Yep. Um, And honestly, that's an Adepticon thing. It was nothing that Yeti or FFG could have done. It was just the days that Adepticon was able to fit the uh, event. Because remember, Adepticon is a miniatures event, and we're just little uh, cardboard. Uh, We're just like, you know, card players,
1: one thing I will say is that Adepticon did the card game pass this year, and it is amazing. Yeah. That is such a cool yeah. idea. So. It is,
0: and I really do appreciate that they were doing that. Unfortunately, I won't be able to go to Adepticon, but don't worry. Players will be well taken care of. I've already sent like a two-page um, to-do list to Yeti and to FFG, letting them know what's needed. So hopefully you guys will be taken care of. The one after that is going to be in Alameda. Well, the one that we know of anyway. Uh, The Cote after that is going to be in Alameda. That's going to be on the USS Hornet, uh, which is an aircraft carrier, a decommissioned aircraft carrier. That's going to be April 24th and 26th. It's going to be a Saturday, Sunday Cote. So the actual day is going to be the 25th and the 26th, with the 24th being like a come uh, play some pod, do some pods, play some draft. grind out some Koku, yeah. and get stuff on the prize from the prize wall.
1: And both of, kind of these of are just regular Kotais, right? Neither of them is
0: a Grand Kotai? These two are regular Kotais. Um, the next Grand Kotai that we know of is going to be Origins, mm-hmm. although I can tell you that there will be at least two more Kotais coming down the pipeline. Really? One of them in the United States, and one of them will be a Grand Kotai.
1: Oh, that's so exciting. That's, Do you know which region it's going to be in, or that is
0: classified? Um, I, we, I, I, it's not really classified. I know, um, Anil at, uh, at Fort Worth was really pressing Vince, mm-hmm. real, uh, the, um, the owner of Yeti gaming, Anil was pressing Vince really hard to get one in Seattle. And, yeah. um, I know, so that's, uh, so that's a really, and Vince was, and I think Anil did a good job at pressing Vince, um, for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I think we're, we, it may be Seattle, uh, and another one that they were talking about is uh, is going to be in um, in Phoenix. So like more on the West Coast, yeah. but I know they're also trying to get one in the Northeast because you guys really need one at least. Po- we tried to do it in Albany, but it was just a little bit too much too fast, yeah, and that's what um, I heard. maybe maybe next year uh, we're going to try it in Albany, um, and uh, yeah. But right now we got two more coates on the pipeline. I'm sorry. There's going to be three more Cotes in North America. I know that. I know two's going to be in the U.S. Which one of which will be grand cote, and one's going to be in Canada. Oh, is it like the Toronto coties coming back? Eh, Toronto or another Canadian city that's not going to, you know, break an
1: arm and a leg. Okay. Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's awesome. I, I would really like for there to be more Cotes in the Northeast because we only have one, and it's right off the world, so it's always sparsely attended. But. Um, if it's not in the cards, it's not in the cards. Uh, I also heard that they have, like, soft approved a couple of the European co-ties. I know that there's going to be one in Spain and one in uh, Germany that's, like, uh, tacitly been approved. That's at least what, like, Discord chat is saying.
0: No, I I, I can totally believe that because I know that, look, these things need some planning, you know. Yeah. You really need to, if... Um, I don't know if anyone, and well, and we can go talk about this in in you know a later segment that we have. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's uh, these things take work to put on and to plan and to figure out how everything's going to work out. So, um, yeah, no, I'm not surprised at all that FFG um, gave a soft approval to things that need to be planned out. And but honestly, does Spain need another co- Need another major event? I mean, they're already hosting Worlds. What more do they want?
1: That's true. Although apparently they just have like everyone in Spain plays L5R, um, from what I hear from the Spanish players. (laughs) Yeah, but okay.
0: So, you know that next year that um, because uh, Jose Luis, uh, he won he won world. So next year, Phoenix is supposed to be hosting Winter Court, Mm -hmm. but it's going to but Winter Court is going to be in Madrid, which is traditionally unicorn territory. Oh, okay yeah in the in in old 5r spain was heavy unicorn territory
1: That's so um
0: it, it's, it's it's gonna be a little bit weird that phoenix is hosting the winter court in
1: in a in unicorn territory um well i mean i guess hopefully that means that there's going to be a unicorn worlds for 2021 hopefully That'd be cool. yeah uh and that, that would mean that really every cool. that would mean that a, a different clan has represented winter court every single year right which would be pretty Yeah, neat. and which is also, you know what, it,
0: it's kind of in, also interesting that, you know, we got Line Crane, mm-hmm. and then Crane Scorpion, and Phoenix Scorpion. So, you know, Scorpion's been in the final twice, but they've never won once.
1: Which is fitting for what Scorpion is, you know? Like, they always yes. come close to the coup, but never quite pull it off. Well, right now we got
0: a Scorpion Clan champion on the throne, so... That's true. Anyway, so let's go ahead and move on. We had actually on the day we we're recording this, which is uh, Wednesday, February twenty sixth. So let's go ahead and move on to the uh, to the topic of today's podcast, sure. which is going to be just judges and judging. So um, let's just go ahead and dive in here, Arash. Let me ask you a question: mm-hmm. What as a player, what do you think the role of the judges?
1: So this is actually kind of a weird question for me because I come from miniature gaming. Um, I used to play like Warhammer, Malifaux um, and stuff like that before I started playing card games. And in um, and then those games, judges are purely there as sort of like a last resort um, for rules disputes, right? So they're there mostly to like check measurements or like make calls that you don't want to do or they're kind of – it's kind of like – not frowned upon, but it's a last resort to call a judge. Um, so it was a big kind of shock coming to card gaming where judges are a lot more, um, it feels like routinely used than they are in miniature games. Like they're much more frequently used to just like clear up small, like language on cards and to like check board state and stuff like that. Um, rather like, it's not necessarily a negative thing to call a judge. Does that make
0: sense? Yeah, it does make sense. So okay. um, that's uh, like you said. it's we do clear up rules dispute, especially on cards, and when a whole new a whole slew of new cards are released, then yeah, uh, we're going to get a lot of questions. But one thing uh, that a lot of people don't really understand is a lot of times for especially for L five R, the judging team is also the admin admin and TO team. Yeah, at at any event that FFG runs mercifully, they have their own admin staff. Oh, really? So uh, shout yeah, shout out to Tommy. Um, okay. He uh, yeah. So we're the one that um, puts out the pairings. We're doing the pairings. We're entering stuff into Lotus Pavilion and mm-hmm. all this stuff. So in addition to doing to answering rules questions and administering rules dispute, we're also running the the tournament right mm-hmm. now. Another question for you as a player,
1: what are your expectations
0: from judges?
1: Um, What are my expectations? What I usually expect from a judge is a pretty, um, like a comprehensive idea of the cards in the tournament um, that are legal for the tournament and like rulings on them or at least the ability to know like what different rulings are or where to find them, I guess. And then also, I guess another expectation of mine is to be able to correct board states and like be able to assess like proper board state and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, it definitely makes sense. You know, the Miss Casada trigger. I mean, who hasn't had one of those, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, Casada is a forced reaction. So we at some point we do have to roll things back. I have to you have to know how far back is fair to roll because if you miss a if if you miss a cassada trigger during a conflict and then you're all the way at the end of the conflict and both players have played, you know, like 5 6 cards a person yeah at that point am i ruling back until the beginning of the conflict
1: no i mean like and, that's where you have to be a reasonable human and mm-hmm. just realize what i don't know it feels like you have a pretty good grasp of that most of the time
0: yeah, like, I'm just, like, trying to say, like, um, you know, as judges in general, it's like, that's one of the big questions we have to do. How far back do we have to roll this back? And is that one is that one event, that one action, that one trigger that was canceled at the beginning of the event, if that was canceled, would it have changed anything else in the rest of the conflict?
1: Yeah. So what, what sort of criteria do you use to, to, I guess, assess to make sure, like, how far back you have to do something, or you can just like move it back one or two steps, or like how do you keep things neat that way? Like what what check what checklist do you have in your mind?
0: The first thing I do is I look at what was the event that had to be canceled,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So if it's something like a, a stronghold bow to eat up kasada's to eat up Casada's uh, force, rea- um, you know, ability, mm-hmm. then you know did it really. And then I have to look, did that stronghold vow change anything in the board state? If no, then let's keep, uh, then I'm not rolling anything back. But if that one thing was like a supernatural storm that get pumped uh, the character up to, you know, ten ten, mm-hmm. then that's something I have to look at. Do I roll it at that point? Do I roll it back to the start of the conflict or just say that your character, here are the new stats for this conflict resolution?
1: Right. I mean, I think mm-hmm. with the Cassada thing also, like, it is on both players to remember that casada is a thing and that there's a certain point at which you made a mistake, right? Like, I have certainly, yes. I've certainly forgotten about Kasada or I've just certainly, like, made rules errors or, like, done things that are just, like, dumb, right? It's like, oh, this mm-hmm. was actually an in-game mistake and I don't necessarily deserve a take back in this case. Right, like and but that seems exactly. like it's a hard thing to assess in the moment.
0: Um, yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing is like things like people playing court games during a military conflict and it goes to you know the conflict resolution and the province breaks. And mm-hmm. what what happens then? Do I roll back the entire conflict? Or do I just take the honor status off and unbreak the province? Right. It depends on what was did the did that honor status token really do anything the the least things that the least that i will do is at least take the honor
1: status token off yeah that makes sense i mean but even that feels kind of like yeah i guess that makes sense though that still feels a little bit not i don't know it's definitely not neat
0: it's not and that's one thing that uh, a lot of people i i um i want to say to a lot of people is a lot of times judging card games, whether it's magic, and I've judged a lot of card games. I mm-hmm. started I started judging with magic, um, actually. And um, when whether you're judging magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, L5R, any card games, really, you want to be, you want everything tied up. You want to wrap everything up and put mm-hmm. a nice clean bow on top of it. But at the end of the day, you may have, a, you know, the wrapping paper may have some holes in it.
1: Right. And I think um, that, that's something that some people don't necessarily understand um, because they're, you know, observing from the outside point of view and they think like, oh, why don't you just like disqualify this person? Or like, it's not always like, there's a lot of factors that go into every decision that you make. Right.
0: Right. And, and I want, I want to, I want to, you, you brought up something really, um, really good there. Um, why don't, why didn't the judge just disqualify this person? Because I have something called floor rules that stops me from outright disqualifying people. Mm-hmm. If it's a complete grievous, you know, like blatant cheating, then yeah, I'll go. Then that's, that's perfect ground. The floor rules does, as allows me as a judge to go ahead and, dis, and, you know, disqualify somebody. Yeah. Now, the other thing is it's um, with, like, I'm sure you heard, at Fort Worth, we had somebody die to deck checks.
1: Yeah, but that happens right? relatively. I mean, that that's not um uncommon.
0: I mean, we had two cotas in the U.S. so far, and two people has died to deck checks at both cotas.
1: Yeah, and I know that it happened a lot in the EU, uh, EU cotas as well, where people yes. just sort of. But I don't think that it happened on Worlds, did it? It did. Oh, it did. Okay. It did. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Yeah, that's it sad. did. Oh wait. Do I know someone? did Did it happen to Elaine? Is he Crane? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, people fail deck checks all the time. Which is, by the way, why I beg you guys to print your deck list when you print it and not write it out. Because uh, what happened at uh, at Fort Worth, Alex Leong forgot that he had three. Forgot to write. He knew he had three court games in his deck. Yeah. He just didn't write them on his deck list. Yeah,
1: um, and I mean the similar thing happened in Packs Unplugged where a Scorpion mm-hmm. player wrote uh, fawning uh, favored niece twice, and he meant fawning diplomat yep. for one of them. And it's like no, no, it was a oh, it was, a fa- it. It was f- he wrote fawning diplomats twice. Yeah, and it's like this is something that colloquially in speech I also get those two dudes mis- mixed up all the time. Yep. Um, and mm-hmm. i understand where that mistake comes in and it was 100 percent just because they're just sort of like scribbling it out as they were waiting in line to get registered or whatever um right and it's like okay i understand that but also that just is rife for mistakes um it is
0: then again i i beg you guys to do this because i it's it's the worst part of being a judge is when i have to tell somebody that their decklist is wrong. Look, mm-hmm. I know people out there probably saying that, ha you love that. No, I was joking around with you. I love joking around with people and telling them that list is wrong when it's really not and mm-hmm. seeing the look of, you know, shock and horror on your face. But that's because I'm an asshole. <laughs> um, but I really don't like telling people that their decklist is wrong or their deck does not match their deck list. I don't like telling them that that's actually happening
1: yeah I like and I think that like every time that i I've, I've seen you judge three or four events now, I would say probably more actually um and you never when it when it actually the the when the issue matters you always take it seriously you're never rebelling in someone's like pain and misery um, yeah um I wouldn't say like it it's kind of obvious when you're joking with somebody because those are the times when you're like very humorous about what's happening yeah. um but yeah so yeah. I
0: um so decklist that's another part of my another part of the job next thing is uh how do you how do you use judges really and you mentioned before that you know like uh, players generally uh call um call on judges when in in miniatures games really when you, you just can't come to a resolution uh but in card games absolutely i think that if you have any questions on card rulings Mm -hmm. because l5r is a rules heavy game um you have to if you're not sure about a particular card interaction before you know you 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 screw something up don't take your neighbor's word for it don't take your opponent's word for it just go ahead and raise your hand call a judge and keep your hand up so we know who called us um and get get an answer from a judge if you disagree with how, if you disagree with the judge, you do have the right to appeal to the head judge. Mm-hmm. But once the head judge makes um, rules a certain way, that's it for that event. Now, come now, you. If you after the event, if you write Tyler and Tyler says, "What? No, that's wrong. Absolutely, send it." Uh, unfortunately, there's nothing we can do about it. But moving forward, that's going to be our guidance for that event. Mm-hmm. And any judge worth assault would apologize to you. I've,
1: yeah, one I
0: screwed up rulings, believe me. I screwed up rulings.
1: I mean, of like, course, uh, you're just a human, right? Like, that's what... Yeah. That just happens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean... Also, I mean, don't be afraid to use a judge if your opponent's being an asshole. So I would say that, I like, my biggest hang-up is uh, coming from the, the world of mini gaming. I feel as though mm-hmm. if I call a judge, I'm somehow being an asshole. But, I mean, Anil usually calls me an idiot for that and tells me to just always call a judge if I need anything. Right. Like, and it, and, yeah. and most times in card games, people understand, um, and it's not viewed as like a negative thing to do. Um, and in fact in, at Gen Con, I probably should have called a judge instead of trying to assassinate into duty. Um, which I've now been meaning for, <laughs> for two years now or a year and a half year and a half. Yeah. um so it's only to my own detriment that i haven't done it right
0: uh yeah no um if your opponent is being an asshole if your opponent's being overly aggressive Mm -hmm. if he's you know slamming cards down or you know forcing you to do things or if your opponent is slow playing or if your opponent is accusing you of slow playing when Mm -hmm. you're not absolutely call a judge Yeah, that's freaking harassment, and we have recourse for that. Believe me, we have recourse for
1: that. How how Uh, often do you like warn people for slow playing? Like how prevalent a problem is it? I it's quite a bit. Sometimes I have to
0: if if somebody is slow playing, like I will I will tell them to you know I need you to make a player pass. Yeah, that's generally what. I'll and that's really what I say. If I'm doing that repeatedly, I will give them a penalty point for slow playing. I will cite the times that I've asked them to play or pass several times,
1: you know, and cite them for slow play, yeah, that makes sense. I think I've only ever experienced one intentional act of like slow playing. um and it really did not matter that much in my in the game that I was playing. um, but there's okay. a there's a person who. Uh, I was on their, like, stronghold. I was breaking. And they were just doing a lot of superfluous actions. And then a judge came by. Um, and was, like, five minutes left in the round. He's like, okay, that's too long. I concede. And I was like, oh, that is a weird way of conceding. And <laughs> slightly, like, grimy. But, okay. Um, I will take yeah. this win. <laughs>
0: yeah. He was trying to slow play into a win.
1: Yeah. Because he was um, up on honor. And we both had three provinces yeah. broken. Um Yeah. Yeah, it, it was. It was. No. It did not feel great, but at least I won, so I didn't care that much. Um, it yeah. did leave a bad taste in my mouth,
0: uh, as it should, because that's, like you said, is a grimy way to win. Um, let me let me share with you uh, something that happened at Gen Con, and mm-hmm. this was a situation where I was just absolutely completely powerless to do anything. Remember that big hoopla before Gen Con about people stalling the game with the meta loop.
1: Oh yeah, where people were discussing whether or not you could um, shortcut it.
0: I had a conversation with Tyler over email, then over um, IM, and basically we were asked. I was asking him, "Can we use the uh, the Game of Thrones? You know, the loop? If there's demonstrate the loop, and then it t- say you have to declare how many times you will resolve that loop, and that it resolves that many times." Mm-hmm. Well, one guy got around that. I, I we, it was as, as, if, because it was guidance and not in the RRG, we couldn't officially enforce it, but we can say, I'm going to recommend you use tomato loop. And if you don't use tomato loop, um, I'm going, if you're, I'm going to recommend, I'm sorry, I'm going to use, I'm going to recommend you use the guidance. If you don't use the guidance, you can't go and resolve it. But after a certain amount of time, I will cite you for slow playing. Yeah. Right. That's what we would generally say to people that was going to slow, right, slow play with tomato loop. One guy got around it by playing additional cards in the loop. So it wasn't a complete demonstrated loop.
1: Wait, so what was he and doing? Like he was, he was every once in a while, he would play like a, like a in defense of Rok- Rokugan or something.
0: Yeah. Every once in a while, he played an in defense of Rokugan, um, prayers to Ubisu. Every once in a while, he would attach a character instead, <laughs> attach something instead. Uh-huh. So it was just adding extra steps, random extra steps throughout it. And it would break the loop so to
1: speak. But in that case, how do you even know that they're like intentionally slow playing? Uh,
0: because it wasn't doing anything. He, he was not advancing the game. He was advancing. He was changing the board state. Yeah. But at that point, he was not advancing the game. He was not moving towards the resolution of the conflict.
1: Oh, okay. That makes sense. But you can still sort yeah. of pass that off as being like a tactical decision or whatever, right? Like you can say, like, oh, I want... Like you can give a a reasoning for why you played that character or why you did that thing. Um, I imagine, right?
0: Yeah, but he, he, he did, but I found it all very much, um, altered. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunately that was a point, that was a time when I was just completely powerless to help. I wish I could have helped, but you know, I made it up to the guy by passing him some extra coke I had in,
1: well that's nice i mean i think that there was a guy who ran like a like a timing list right like he had a deck list that was meant to go to time and went on tiebreakers oh yeah yeah um how yeah. That, like that that shit seems really annoying
0: it um, does and that's it's it, it, it's a deck that's intentionally slow playing and i'm I, I i can't i i i don't deal with oh, that very well, to be honest
1: um yeah, I mean, so that I feel as though like those are sort of extreme examples, though. Um, I locally judge. I mean, I, I'm the local TO, right? So I run like a monthly tournament, which is not equivalent to what you do on a on like a monthly basis with you know Adepticon and stuff like that. But I find, for the most part, um, there aren't that many there aren't that many common like most games were resolved without a single judge, um, and that's wonderful. Yeah. you
0: can. Um... It, look if it's like a thing of um like how does this okay just want to clarify this is how this card works right right we agree good okay
1: right move that's on not, yeah that's, a, that's even, not a
0: conflict just go ahead and move on
1: right that's just like a clarification or just like uh yeah. i want to make sure that i can do this thing in the way that i think that i should um, yeah that makes sense
0: um you mentioned something that you TO your local um, your local events and um that's kind of like the next thing that I want to talk about because uh unfortunately like I said earlier unfortunately I'm not able to go to Adepticon um I'm we are I was able to find replacements um you know mm-hmm. just to gonna uh, additional do that, pe- right? people what was that
1: Brandon is going to do that right
0: uh Edward Kim Brandon, is right? going to do that and Brandon Lane's also going to be there as well as uh, Aaron Christopher. Aaron Christopher, I don't know if you know who he is, but he's the he was the Lion Lion Hatemoto at Worlds. He was also the guy judging the um, the LCQ as well as the um, oh, uh, as well as like several other side events.
1: He's the guy who had like seven limited cards in his uh, in his Lion deck, right?
0: I can't remember.
1: He but he ran. I don't he, know. He ran like a Lion Tower deck, I think.
0: I think so. I think yeah. he was the. Um, I think he's the progenitor of the Lion Tower. By the way, he is also a Lion Tower being god ungodly tall. Yeah, he's so like seven. You guys,
1: he's like crazy tall, right?
0: He's yeah. He's absolutely crazy tall. So, which is, I'm kind of glad why he's going to be judging this. So, no one is going to be miss is is going to miss him. Yeah. At the, at, uh, at Adepticon, um, but um. Yeah, uh, so you, like, okay, I can't make a Depticon. I was able to find um, replacements Mm -hmm. uh, for myself and get the team all set up. Uh, But unfortunately, at some events, especially, like, you know, last year and um, for a couple events this year, I, like, last year, I was contacted by Yeti, by by Cascade Games, Mm -hmm. like, almost, like, before every event that I couldn't go to. I was being, they were contacting me asking if I knew somebody who could judge the um, the uh, the tournament, mm-hmm. right? And this is one thing that I want to, that I want to bring up, that we do need judges. Card yeah. game because again, we're not only judging, we're not only rules expert, but we're also the experts on how to run the tournaments, right? Mm-hmm. So, how do you become a judge or a TO? Well, first, do what Arash is doing: TO your local stuff. Uh, because the first, if you, if I don't know who you are and you contact me and said you want to judge a coté, the first thing I want to do is, oh, cool. What's your lo- or Where are you from? And what's your local play group? Then I want to ask somebody in your local play group if they know who you are. Yeah, that's generally what I'm. So I'm gonna to try to find out who you are and um, what's your experience with the game. If they say, "Yeah, gr- he's great. He's been running all our stuff," um, and okay, so pro- you're probably a great fit, and we'll we'll I'll, I'll bring you on board. Because honestly, I'm not that picky right now. But if they say like, "Um, uh, we don't know who he really is. He's new here. Um, he's only started playing. Yada yada yada." It's like maybe not a good fit for a judge, but I may take you on as somebody to do the admin, so you could you actually learn. Mm-hmm. The background stuff, as well as, you know, running the prize wall so you know, so you get to interact with players. And you also get to see some of the rulings being made, right? So at least you get some
1: experience. I think the biggest um, thing holding me back from becoming a judge mm-hmm. is just that I like playing too much,
0: well, right? That's that's absolutely legitimate. But I'm going to ask you, if you – sometimes we have to take one for the team. That's true. Because uh, I, I love playing too, but – let's be honest, I'm probably a better judge than I'm a player. That's fair. Anil has said that to me.
1: Um, (laughs) Anil is very blunt. Um, Yes, he is. (laughs) (laughs) Although I have proof that I've beaten Anil once. (laughs) Um, That is also how many times I have beaten Um, (laughs) Anil.
0: Yay, we're tied. (laughs) But uh, yeah. uh, So, but honestly, if we don't have judges, we can't run these events yeah and because ffg does have a judge to player ratio what and is a judge it to player does ratio? have to be met what was that what is the player ratio uh one judge for every 20 players oh okay oh, yeah. okay that's not too bad it's not too bad but you know sometimes like in uh what is it in phoenix i can tell you we did
1: not meet it were you the only one at phoenix
0: no, it was only two, and there were sixty people in Phoenix. Also, in um, in Seattle, we did not meet
1: that as well. Because it yeah, was I only mean, me and Zoe Ho in Seattle. Oh, that's not enough. That's not nearly enough. I don't know. No. I, I think that for me, um, for me, if there was something local to me, if there was something close to me, I would definitely, um, consider judging it, especially if there was something necessary, um. What I what I uh, can't do, which I'm really glad that you're able to do, is travel to judge. Does yeah? Is there like like what does a judge get in compensation? I, is that a fair okay. question to ask? Because it I'm is sure a fair that question. people would do it more if they knew a- sort of like the perks of being a judge.
0: Absolutely, it is a fair question. Um, so probably the biggest thing that I think a lot of people is going to care about is travel and hotel. Is your travel and lodging, right? Mm-hmm. Um, with Cascade. None of that was um, was covered, except maybe at Gen Con, which they would cover the hotel. Okay. With Yeti, uh, travel to big convention to grand cotes uh, of level events like Mm -hmm. Pax Unplugged, Origins, and whatever else that's coming up. They will pay for travel on that. Okay. They will they will pay for the lodging at all the events. Okay. In addition to that, you do get paid. Like cash, and um, and uh, you do get paid cash. Uh, well, not cash, money. Right. Um, you are with Yeti, you are a contractor, so you know you are responsible for your own taxes after you hit a certain amount. But and the last thing which I think a lot of people is going to love is you do get judges' swag. You get promos from right. the events, and basically it's basically it is the leftovers. But honestly, let Sometimes there's a lot of leftovers, and you know you can get a pr- and you could get what you want most of the time. Obviously, but, sometimes uh, certain things go out faster than others, and unfortunately, that's just the case. Um, but most of the times, you're able to get what you want. Like last year, judging the co-taste that I did, I was able to get a full playset of everything. Right. And this year, I'm working my way
1: towards that. That makes sense. I mean, that's a lot. That's it's nicer than having to, like, I don't know, spend and win games and get Koku for it. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. I mean, I think that I would consider yeah. judging if I... And once again, if there was something that wasn't too expensive to get to. Um, right, completely understand. Unfortunately for me, especially uh, this year, I think that I'm only going to be able to do maybe... <sighs> maybe one more Kotaya after Adepticon. Um, so that's going to be really hard for me to um, make one of those a judging trip, especially because I do really like playing.
0: Yeah, I completely understand. Some people really like playing, um, and I'm not going to fault you for it. Sometimes I wish. Sometimes I do wish that you know I get to play because here's the other reality of it: when you're judging, you're on your feet the entire time. When you're playing, you're sitting. here on your butt the entire time. That's true.
1: Yeah. So
0: sometimes um, I wish I I'm playing because you're I want to sit right. down.
1: Um yeah um so then is it just like word of mouth and like people who like people who others trust become judges um really
0: yes yes and
1: no i can't um
0: as long as you as long as i as long as people the thing is there's like i can't really you know i can't look at a resume and do an interview with you right Uh, the only thing i the best thing i can do is contact references really
1: Right. That makes sense. Right.
0: So that's kinda like I mean, it's just kinda like in, it's it's a real informal thing. I know that FFG is trying to get a formal judge program for Keyforge because they're starting cash tournaments for that soon. So let's get on it. Um hopefully yeah. it'll trickle down to like L five R and other card games that they other games that they do. Um well right now we're the only other competitive card games. I think uh, oh, well, okay, oh, well, they're, they're then- Miniature games too. They're miniature games like X Wing,
1: Armada, Imperial Assault. So hopefully it'll trickle down to all, all that. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And I did you see the new uh, the new uh, KeyForge like Grand World Championships was announced today? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, I, I assume that that just means that there's going to be. Um, a lot a more robust tournament and like frankly that game is keeping our game alive so yeah Thankfully. it's one of
0: their it's one of their top three money makers because they don't have to pay licensing costs to anybody what is that. the what are the other two the um l5r is one
1: uh-huh and x-wing is the other okay well i knew uh, x-wing uh, i didn't think that l5r made out made them that much money Well, here's the thing.
0: Again, L5R is a franchise that they own outright. It's an IP they own outright.
1: Oh, so they don't actually spend any money on it.
0: They don't spend any money beyond the developers, the arts, and the printing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. So it's just all pure. And a lot of that art is reused. A lot of it is reused. And a lot of it is,
0: like, I mean, they kind of do make money off of it, off of L5R.
1: Yeah, that's true. And I heard that the RPG actually was pretty popular for a while. It is because people love um, the L5R setting.
0: Yeah. What I what I heard was and I I actually like this part of L5R of of the uh, of the fifth edition RPG. Mm -hmm. And um, shout out to our sister podcast, by the way. uh, The uh, Court Games RPG podcast. They've been doing a lot of great interviews and I know they got a pretty packed episode recently because Path of Waves just was just released and then the Phoenix Source book is just announced. So mm-hmm. shout out. If you haven't, go ahead and listen to that podcast.
1: I actually want to try um, that game. The only thing that's keeping me away is uh the fact that it uses specialty dice. It does, and they got an app for the dice. Oh, they do? So, is it free?
0: Yeah. It's not. <laughs> oh. Well. It's not free.
1: Is it expensive?
0: <laughs> but it's like it's like it's like a couple of Maybe I, I think hold on let me I think it's like a couple of dollars if that
1: just mm, like that yeah
0: I know I know it's pretty cheap okay. I remember it was I remember thinking it was pretty cheap so that's why I went ahead and downloaded but okay. honestly one of my thing is I love the specialty dice I love the strife system and I know people don't like it
1: but that's one of the, that's one aspect of the game that I really really like I just don't like having to buy specialty dice because at this point in my life I have so many dice. Um, oh, I'm I'm going to send you a link to these uh, stone
0: L5R dice that look so freaking gorgeous.
1: But when am I ever going to use those? I play card games.
0: They, but they look so pretty, though. You could just, you know,
1: display them. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah, I, you got me. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, that's something
0: I would totally do. <laughs> anyway. So uh, do you have anything else before we close out this uh, podcast? Any shout outs or anything?
1: Um, yeah, I guess I'd like to shout out my local meta. We just we've been um, getting a lot of new players and it feels really um, it feels really healthy. Um, and I'm really happy that there's some because uh, you touched on this earlier. L5R is a really um, skill intensive and rules intensive game. Um, and it always sort of uh, impresses me when someone is able to go through like the 10 to 15 games of just like losing all the time and stick with it. And um, I'm really right. happy that a bunch of people have done that because it means that we're we're bringing in like eight people per week. So I'd like to shout out my my uh, the Brooklyn crew. Awesome.
0: Yeah. That's uh that's that's good to hear. Have you guys done any uh, multiplayer games?
1: No, but we were considering um we we're considering doing a multiplayer thing or maybe like a battle box thing for our March tournament. Um Okay. We were thinking two V two recommend. Oh
0: 2v2 is so much fun.
1: Yeah I love two V two because well, of all the just
0: like weird especially with support now. Yeah oh, Love it.
1: Well we we it's sort like, of we started doing it because of the um actually because of Pax Unplugged. Because all of us are playing um, playing uh, 2v2 all the time. Um, oh, I remember that. Yeah, we were, just, we were just jamming those games out. And we were sort of just doing it for the Koku. Um, but then while we were doing it, a lot of people were like, this is actually really fun. Yeah. And they were like, imagine. Decks. Now,
0: imagine, you know, okay, so with Clan Wars out, you got. If you're if one of you is playing Phoenix and the other and you know what your your partner's playing whatever and they got a Sheikah matchmaker out, your partner can help you pay for that consumed by five Fire that's gonna wipe your opponent's board out. Yeah. That I think is just something that's really cool. It's like pulling resources to win the game. Yeah. It's I, I really
1: like that. Yeah, and I think that it, it's one of those things that becomes more fun once you have a dedicated deck to it. Um Yeah. Just sort of like like a lot of the scorpion players at the event were like this scorpion deck kind of sucks in two v two because it's meant to kill one person very quickly, yeah. um, and it's not doing that very well right now. Oh yeah, um, no, I uh, it's
0: uh, uh, scorpion. Actually, um, we did a uh, recently. We did a uh, a a multiplayer an enlightenment tournament here uh-huh. in Southern California at one of our stores. Edward Kim and I and another um, and another another guy, the other guy was playing Scorpion. Edward was playing Dragon. I was playing Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Here I am thinking that I'm going to, you know, do all my magic ring tricks, sending rings back, but not really, but taking a ring and all this other stuff did mm-hmm. work. Uh, apparently, I suck at multiplayer. Um, the Scorpion player actually kicked a lot of, bu- like, won all the
1: games that we played. See, I so, would think that, like, KB is a better multiplayer box, maybe.
0: I no he was running City of the Open Hand.
1: I guess City is just so insane that it's never bad. Yeah, no, City is just always on. It's just always great.
0: Yeah. Uh anyway. So, um no no real shout out for me except that uh you know, if you guys are going to Adepticon, go ahead and please uh sign, go to com, register, get the card game um badge from Adepticon. Mm-hmm. and uh please, you know, don't be don't beat up Edward Kim random lane and aaron christopher too badly i'm not going to be there so i can't really protect them so arash you know try to protect them as much as you can or
1: at least don't punch them too hard <laughs> well okay um yeah actually looking at it there's a there's a lot of people signed up for a death yeah. it looks like it's going to be a like pretty a- big tournament
0: yeah, I think it's going to be like somewhere around – I think we're going to hit about 30 to 40 people. 40 people. I actually think that there's already 30
1: – I think there's already 30 people signed up. Well, really? I, the last thing I saw was 29. Um. Yeah, but then a whole slew – because I was like in a chat room with a bunch of people who are uh, like in the same uh, Airbnb and all of them signed up at the same time. I think that it's around 35 now. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I mean I have vague hopes that it will break – 40 maybe like hopefully it'll break 50 that'd be cool which is like a regular weekend tournament for Spain but um it'd right. be really cool for us I think <laughs> um yeah no
0: um and if you guys actually do break 40 you gotta you guys can actually play six rounds of L5R instead of just five that'd be cool um anyway uh so shout out no shout out is just go ahead and um thanks to um the sixth ring is going to be streaming that uh and we're gonna have commentary it's not gonna be Arash this time um by the way shout out to you arash for uh for doing commentary on the stream for the fort worth kote i know a lot of people really enjoyed that and, and um you know that was the feedback that we got that live commentary was was just great because uh you get to see people know what cards are being played and whatnot so really thank you so much
1: for that yeah it was really fun to do actually i i really enjoyed doing it um it was a lot less hard than I thought it would be. Um, yeah? Yeah. Um, I don't think that I could do that for everything because uh, at some point, my partner would not be so happy. But um, <laughs> it was really fun to do this one time. Um, and then is um, Eric going to do it next for the next one? Um, I'm
0: uh, I'm 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 trying to work things out with Eric ballhuis um, yeah. to do the commentary for uh, Adepticon. But, you know, there's this thing called time zones. Yeah. And apparently he lives like in the future from us or the past. I'm not sure how it works anymore. Um, um, by the way, for Adepticon, there's 37 people signed up. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you guys, if we get 40 people, um, you guys will have uh, six rounds.
1: Yeah. Six yeah. Rounds yeah and, of all and it looks like we're going to do that because it's like a month out. So, I assume that yeah. even if some people don't come, but. Um, yeah, thirty-seven is a is a healthy number. Um, it's a very good number. Yeah. It's going to be the largest cote so far in America. Yeah, in America. Oh yeah, yeah. that's true. Well, yeah, because I, I guess there haven't been any EU cotes yet. Not yet. Yeah. Um, well,
0: hopefully. hopefully they'll get. Hopefully we will get the announcement of the rest of the KOTE season as well as the EU cote soon. Trademarked, um, and uh, yeah.